Well, the past few years have been a really good time to rediscover your love of board games with so many things closed, so many of us at home, and not a bad time to come up with some new ideas for, for good ideas at least, for new board games. My next guest is not only a board game enthusiast, but for the past 17 years, he's been a board game creator. Jay Cormier joins me now from Vancouver. Thank you so much for taking time out. I hope it wasn't game night, um, but thanks for taking time out to talk to us tonight. It's hilarious because I'm literally pausing the game while I do this interview. <laughs> I knew you were. I, I was. I was thinking it must be game night. It's Friday night. It's like nine. You know, it's nine thirty here here in BC. It must be game night. Uh, right. It's 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 such a great story because I think a lot of us play board games and never go into a lot of thought about how they were created, except maybe some of the really you know the Trivial Pursuit story is is right. quite famous. I'm I'm from Montreal, so it was quite uh, quite a big story there. Um, yes. But tell me about about some of those games that inspired you growing up that kind of got you interested in them. Oh, yeah. Like, my dad would always have game night, and I always loved, I always kind of pushed for it. I'm like, let's have another game night. I just like game night. It's just so interactive, fun, a lot of laughing, whether it's Pictionary, the, you know, the games from back then, or even uh, we had a weird game called Pole Economy, which is this, like, Monopoly ripoff kind of clone thing. And I think it was a Canadian game. Um, you rolled dice, moved around board, and bought stocks and stuff like that, and just a bit more advanced than Monopoly. And yeah, just all those kind of games. I played Car Wars and D&D with my friends. Just these really yeah. weird games from back then, yeah. Yeah, I, whatever. I remember the Game of Life. That was that was my favorite yes, one because it's such an ornate board with the spinning. I don't think there was much to it ultimately. but <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Exactly. So, I mean, when did you decide, I'm going to I'm gonna take, you know, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to roll the dice and try and build one of these. Yeah, twice actually. So me and my buddy, we just like playing games and we're both kind of creative. So we both said, uh, let's do it. Let's make our own game. We could make a game. Sure we could. And we tried and then we failed. And we 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 kept trying to figure out how to fix this one game and we couldn't figure it out. And we knew that the game wasn't good. And so like m many people, when they get involved in a medium that they admire and like, and have, you know, a certain quality of standards that they know what is good and what is bad, they stopped doing it. And so did we, we stopped making games because we couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't until this is back when I lived in Ontario and really close to him. It wasn't until I actually moved out to BC where I am now um, that we decided, like, we've got to stay in touch. We're best friends. How do we, how are we going to stay in touch? And, and he said, well, why don't we just start designing games again? I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do that. That'll be a way for us to stay in touch. And because we're now provinces apart, um, uh, we use technology as a way to keep in touch and kind of keep track of all of our ideas that we're coming up with. And that was the glue. Because if you've ever heard of the law of reciprocity, it would be like he would type up a little message of like, here's an idea for a game. The law of reciprocity was like, I felt compelled that I had to respond to this. I had to like, you know, okay, well, let me kind of riff off of that idea. And we'd go back and forth like that until it, all of a sudden one of us would be like, that's a cool idea. Let's make this game. Yeah, that sounds like how hit hit songs are written, right? That's fantastic. Maybe, so, yeah. so almost two dozen of your games have been produced. I know the others have been turned down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is what is the key? Do you think to a really good game? Well, I mean, yeah, that's. <laughs> I think if anyone knew the answer to that, yeah, they would well, be uh, millionaires. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but as far as it, there's niches, is the thing. There's like. Mm -hmm. When when we're talking board games and a lot of people like the mass audience out there, they think Game of Life, Clue, Monopoly, that kind of stuff, and those are like humongous sellers, humongous sellers that are selling every year like millions of copies. Um, but that would be amazing to get one of those game kind of games made. But they're all from the past. Like as far as to get a new game made, it's got to be something a bit different 
But you either going after the mass market and trying to get into Walmarts and Targets, and maybe it's more of a fun party game, very little rules, that kind of stuff. But more and more of these strategy games are starting to pop up in places like Walmart and Target. They actually have sections now that are for these more advanced games. And games like Catan and Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne are these evergreen games that just kind of are always available for sale at these game stores and now at mass market stores. So that, that's the ticket is to try to figure out how to design one of those games that still has, you know, even these strategy games have more rules to learn, but they're a little bit more um, accessible uh, than some of the heavier, crunchier ones. I guess you don't just call some up and say, I have a game. How do you pitch these? Well, I mean, you could do cold calling. That's the worst is like cold emailing a publisher. Like, are you looking for stuff? And some publishers have, you know, a, a submission online where you can email them and, and ask. But the number one best way is to go to board game conventions. There are conventions all over the world. The biggest one is in Germany, in Essen, Germany. It's humongous. I've been a couple of times. And then the biggest one in North America is in Indianapolis called Gen Con. And there's one in Columbus, Ohio called uh, Origins. And there's one in Vancouver called Shucks. And wow. that's huge, too. And then publishers are there, and they have booths, and they, they bring people that um, are the people you would want to pitch to. And you set up meetings in advance. You email and saying, hey, I'm going to be at Gen Con. Can I pitch you a game? And then they slot you in, and you, you have a schedule, and you walk around. And when I go to Gen Con, at least in the past, I, like it was busy for me. I'd be running from booth to booth because I was back-to-back meetings trying to pitch all my games. I'd come there with six, seven, or eight games trying to pitch all my games to different publishers. I'm speaking with Jay Cormier, board game inventor in Vancouver. Uh, So if if people are interested, what games of yours may they see somewhere where they might recognize that, oh, I just heard that guy last night on the radio? Yeah, uh, my biggest seller is a game called Junk Art. It's kind of like a a reverse Jenga, if you will, where there's all these fun, weirdly colored blocks that you're stacking on top of each other, and each person has their own little pile they're trying to make without knocking them over kind of thing. That one's pretty big. Uh, Mind Management is the first game. I actually became a publisher, a board game publisher for the first time last year and published my first game. Yeah, and that was Mind Management. So I had to learn the whole business side of it too. Um, And then I have uh, a new game based on The Goonies. and Right, the movie from the 80s. Yep, Scooby-Doo, I remember that too, sure. Yeah, so I've got these, they're like escape room in a box games where um, you have to um, get out of a, you know, for uh, Scooby-Doo, it's a haunted mansion. You have to try to figure, right. solve the mystery and get out of the haunted mansion. And Goonies, you have to escape with one-eyed Willie's rich stuff, if you remember that movie. I do. I remember that movie quite well, actually. <laughs> yeah, and Scooby-Doo, th- those darn kids. I would have gotten away with it, except for, except for those darn kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is always a question I always, so what is your favorite game? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I, like there's there's a, there's a term in the board game world called the cult of the new, and I kind of prescribe to it a little bit in the sense that the next thing that's around the corner that's new and shiny and hot is like I'm interested in that as well, and I'm like, oh, what's that over there? And meanwhile, I've got 300 games sitting here that you know also want to be played. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, trying not to choose one of my own games that I made as a favorite game. Um, I like games like uh, a game called Tikal, which you've probably never heard of. Dominion, you may never heard of. These are like no. strategy games. I like these strategy games. But as far as party games, uh, there's a new one called Just One that won a, a big German Game of the Year award last year, uh, which was it's a really fun, fun party game. I highly recommend it to everybody. It's really easy and really fun. Perfect. I know you have twins and it's game night. So I'm going to let you get back to uh, <laughs> get back to what you're doing. Jay Cormier, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to learn more about creating board games. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. Love it. Thank you.